Today's message comes from a passage in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. This is a verse in the Bible that is often questioned. People wonder what it's teaching. It can be what is known as a difficult passage to understand. And I'm going to explain it to you today and help you with it. This is, a, this is a verse that we at Fundamental Baptist Church International are often asked to explain by those of us who disagree with what we teach from the Bible. And so listen carefully as I explain Philippians 2.12 to you today. Let's read the verse. The Bible says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, now he's talking about obeyed him, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, many people who believe that you have to do good works to be, to be born again, they point to a verse like this and try to use it to support their teaching. And obviously we know very clearly from the scriptures that the Bible says we're saved by grace through faith. But what does this verse talk about? Well, to understand this verse, let's first understand what salvation is. Salvation means deliverance. It means you have been rescued from something. Salvation is... Well, let me give you an example. In the Bible, David said, Lord, deliver me from mine enemies. Save me from mine enemies. That's a physical salvation, the salvation of his life. If you were crossing the street and a car was coming and you didn't see it and it was going to hit you and I pull you out of the way, I am saving you or delivering you or rescuing you from that particular situation. So when the Bible uses the word salvation, it can be talking about different types of salvation. It's not always talking about a human being being born into the family of God. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. The only way for us to understand what the salvation is is for us to look at the context of the passage. Let me give you an example. If I were to run into the room that you were in right now, and all I said was, I got saved, or I've just been saved, your question would be, saved from what? And so when you see salvation in the Bible, you need to always be saying, saved from from what? Or saved to what? So I'm going to explain this to you. To do that, we've got to go back to chapter 1, Philippians. We're going to look at a lot of verses today. Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 12. The Bible says this, But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Now what you need to understand is that the Apostle Paul is the writer of the book of Philippians. And you need to understand that this book was written around the year 59 or 60 
um, A.D. And Paul, at the time of his ri the writing of this epistle, was in prison. He had been arrested in Jerusalem, and he had appealed to the Roman Emperor Caesar, and so they sent him to Rome for trial. And he was under house arrest in Rome. He was in bonds for the Lord Jesus Christ. He was in a difficult situation, as he had been many times before. And so they called Philippians a prison epistle because it was written while he was incarcerated or jailed in Rome. And so he's saying to them, he's saying, listen, brethren, I want you to know something. I want you to understand something. And what I want you to understand is that what has happened to me has turned out or it has fallen out to the furtherance of the gospel. He's saying, because of my arrest, because of my imprisonment, the gospel has not been hindered, it has been furthered. More people are hearing and preaching the gospel because of my suffering. That is his message. That is his testimony. And if we continue to read, we look down in verse number 18. Paul says, what then? He asks a question, what then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Paul says, listen, a lot of things have happened to me. A lot of suffering has come my way because of my service to the Lord Jesus Christ. But his kingdom is being furthered. His gospel is being furthered. And I rejoice and I will continue. In verse 19 he says this, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, if we always interpret the word salvation as meaning to be rescued from hell, then Paul would be saying that I know that this is going to lead to my being rescued from hell. And that's not what Paul is saying at all. Paul is the apostle. Paul is the man that Jesus Christ himself taught. He's the man that saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. He is God's man. God is giving his word through the apostle Paul. Surely he had already been born again. So what is this salvation he speaks of? Let's keep reading. He says, According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Paul said, listen, my hope, my expectation is that Christ will be magnified, Christ will be exalted, that he will be lifted up. Whether I die or whether I live, my expectation is that Christ will be magnified in my life. And then he says this, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, if Paul 
did not know that he was going to go to heaven, if he wasn't sure that he had been born again, then how can he say that to die is gain? He can only say to die is gain if he knew he was on his way to heaven. So what is this salvation that he's looking for? What is it that's going to turn to his salvation? In verse number um, 22, But if I live in the flesh, this is, fruit, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I walk not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. He says, listen, I desire to depart this world and go be with Christ. And that's far better. That's what he hoped for. He knew he was on his way to heaven. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. He says, look, I want to go be with God, but for me to be here right now is needful for you. It's helpful to you. Now, let's go down to verse 27. And we'll come back to this idea of Paul's salvation. Verse 27, Paul has been talking about himself. He's been talking about his hope and his joy. In verse 27, he says this, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Now, Paul's talking to the Philippian church. And he says, listen, your conversation, that means your manner of life, the things you do. He says, it should become the gospel. The word become means to be appropriate, to be fitting. If you go out and you buy a dress or you buy a suit, you buy clothing, you buy clothing that makes you look good. You don't buy clothing that looks bad on you. That's what it means to become something. It means to make it look good. And our lifestyle, the way we live our life, should make the gospel look good to people. And that's what Paul is saying to the Philippians. And he says that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. He says, look, I want to hear that you're standing strong in the faith and that you keep on going and that you have unity one with another. And then he, we go down to verse 29 and he says this to them. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but to also, but also to suffer for his sake. He says, listen, God has not simply called you to believe on His Son. He has called you to suffer for His sake. The call to God is not just a call to escape hell. It's a call to serve God and to suffer for Him. And so we should not be surprised when ridicule and suffering and reproach and persecution comes our way because of our preaching Christ and loving God and doing right. And he says in verse 30, having the same conflict which you saw in me and, and now here to be in me. Paul is saying this. He's saying, listen, when I was with you, now let's think, in Acts chapter 16, 
Paul had visited the city of Philippi. He was preaching with his friend Silas. They got in trouble with the local leadership because they were preaching Christ. They were arrested. They were put into prison. And they were beaten because they preached Jesus Christ. And we know that God gave them a great deliverance and he shook the foundations of that jail. And the prison doors opened. And they were freed. And they won the Philippian jailer to Christ. That was the beginning of the Philippian church. And so the Philippian believers had personally witnessed Paul suffer for the preaching of Jesus Christ. He said, when I was with you, you saw me go through this conflict, this affliction. And now you hear of my imprisonment. And you know, not only did you see me go through suffering, but you know I'm still suffering for preaching the truth of Jesus Christ. He's using himself as an example. And he's saying to them, now you have the same conflict that you saw in me. Now you are enduring suffering for Christ. Now things are coming your way that are difficult. Affliction is, and hardships are coming your way because of your steadfastness in Christ Jesus, because you preach Christ. And then we go into Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, the verses right before verse number 12, the, the verse that we're trying to explain, God gives us, our, or I should say the Apostle Paul, God through the Apostle Paul, gives us another illustration. And this illustration is of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we'll pick it up in verse number 5 or verse number 6. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death of the cross. Jesus Christ, God himself, came to earth, humbled himself, took upon him the form of a man. You see, he was God in the flesh, and he took upon him the form of a man, and he became our servant, and he became obedient unto the death of the cross. And then it says this, that, and it says in verse 9, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name. You see, when we think about the crucifixion of, of, of our Savior Jesus Christ, the story does not end there. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over death and the enemy. And we know that he lives and he reigns and he sits at the right hand of the Father today. That's our Savior. He did not stay dead. He came back to life. He was delivered from that situation. And he was highly exalted. And then the verse says in verse number 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
So Paul has given us two examples. He used himself. And he said, listen, you hear of my suffering. You saw me suffer when I was with you. But I want to tell you something. It fell out. It turned out to the furtherance of the gospel. And he says, I'm confident of something. I'm confident that it's also going to turn out to my salvation. What's he talking about? Well, he's talking about this. He's talking about the fact that one day he's going to stand before God. And the suffering will all be over. And he's going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's why heaven can be a gain. That's why heaven, heaven can be better. Because if you serve God, though you may suffer, it will one day work itself out to your deliverance, to your reward, to your redeeming the time and cashing in in treasures in heaven. But it's up to you. Paul had to suffer through. He had to stay steadfast. He had to not quit in order to claim those blessings in heaven. You see, Jesus Christ was highly exalted, but what did He have to do first? He had to be obedient unto the death of the cross. And after being obedient and humble Himself, He was highly exalted. And what Paul is teaching the Philippians, he's saying, listen, you're going through suffering, I know. He said, but let me tell you something. If you'll just stay faithful, and you'll just stay true and keep preaching and keep doing right, it'll work out to your deliverance. Talking about being delivered from hell? No! We've already been delivered from hell. Talking about being delivered unto an eternal reward. You see, my friend, I'm going to tell you something. Some people, God has saved them from the clutches of hell. But when they get to heaven, their life is not going to be a fruitful one for rewards. God's going to look at them and say, you didn't serve me. You didn't stay faithful. You didn't obey me. You didn't preach the gospel. I got no rewards for you. Heaven is not a reward. Heaven is a place that you get into for free. But if you're going to have treasure in heaven, you got to work it out yourself. You got to work out your own deliverance. You got to work out your own fruitfulness. Yes, God will work with you. Yes, God is the power that worketh in us. But we have to yield to Him. We have to be willing to go through suffering and affliction. Paul's saying, listen, I've shown you an example, my example. I've been with you. I'm suffering now. I'm writing to you. I'm encouraging you. He's saying, listen, Jesus Christ has shown us the way. And you've seen how God exalted him. And I'm going to tell you something. Now is your time. What are you going to do with the suffering that has come to you? Are you going to work it out? Or are you going to quit? But if you want reward, and you want joy, and you want fruitfulness, if you want that salvation, 
If you want your life to count, then you got to work it out. You see, salvation is much more than being born again. Salvation includes capturing, redeeming the life we're living on this earth so that it bears fruit for us and blessing for us, not only here, but in heaven. I got saved when I was almost 21 years old. When I put my faith in Jesus Christ alone for my salvation and not my good works, He gave me eternal life. He gave me a promise of heaven. I'm glad for that. But there's much more to the Christian life. There's much more to the purpose of God saving us from hell than just a ticket to heaven. God wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to bring Him great joy to serve others, and He wants us to work out our own fruitfulness, our own deliverance, our own salvaging of our life for God's service that brings us great fruit. We get accused at our church at all the time of preaching a gospel that makes lazy believers. No, I'm sorry. The gospel doesn't make lazy believers because the love of God constrains us. And the grace of God is something I'm very thankful for. And any person in his right mind who's appreciative of what God did for them work for Him. They're not lazy. We get accused of not teaching or preaching against sin, I would suggest to you that no church in Ghana preaches any harder against sin than we do. And I'd suggest that not many churches, if any, work harder than we do. No, we believe in working for God. We believe in suffering for God. We believe in bearing fruit for God. And we also understand that's not something God does for us. It's something we have to choose. It takes more than faith to earn the blessings of God and earn rewards in heaven. You've got to work it out yourself. But let's make no mistake. To get into God's family is by faith only. We're saved by grace through faith and not, not of yourself. I hope that helps you if it doesn't help you, if it's not clear to you, please contact us. And we'll talk to you personally and try to help you with this. Thank you for watching the Fundamental Hour. And we'll see you next time. God bless.